really Facebook? You want us to send you our nudes? Get the f out of here, man. How about Mark Zuckerberg? You send us your nudes, huh? Actually, no. That's also a horrible idea. I don't want those. This whole thing is a bad idea. I don't care what Facebook says. This is a pervy move, right? When I saw this story today, I was like, man, this is the most pervy story of the day. And then Louis C.K. said, hold my penis. <laughs> like, at this point, we're gonna need a new Oscar category this year. Best actor whose movies we can't watch anymore. Wow. And you know, in fact, now that I think about it, all women in Hollywood should win double Oscars for acting like all the men were cool all along. Every single one of them. That's pretty good. Like, it's getting to the point where whenever I see a beloved celebrity's name trending on Twitter, I'm like, oh, please tell me they're dead. Please tell me they're dead. Please tell me they're dead. <laughs> ah, damn it. <laughs> Wow, that's some good stuff from yeah. the previously unfunny uh, Noah. Yeah. What's his name? Trevor Noah. Yeah, controversial opinion. I'm going to back away from the mic to say it. Trevor Noah's getting kind of good. Really? Mm. That was good. That mm. was that was that was real good. He, he, he was also the for wood. He was the only person to take a swing at Harvey Weinstein the day yeah. the story broke. Too good for him. He's a South African. Uh, so, by the way, Louis C.K., a comedian who I just uh, I think is among the best things ever. Uh, he is a clever and insightful man, and a flaming perv. So they—they, they, I was about to say they yanked his movie. Unfortunate phrasing. They Glad pulled you his didn't movie. Say they, that they—they—they now sh- still bad. They've shelved his movie. That one I can live with. Which was coming out. Uh, he got paid five million dollars for this movie called "I Love You, Daddy" that debuted at a uh, film festival in Toronto. Uh, critics uh, loving it. It's really, really good. It's got John Malkovich in it. What is "I Love You, Daddy" about? Following, uh, well, it's about uh, Louis C.K. stars as a TV comedy writer who ends up in a sexual relationship with uh, a girl who's not yet 18. And critics of the movie I Love You, Daddy, said it uh, uh, has troubling sexual politics and certain scenes seem to be commenting on Louis C.K.'s own reputation for misconduct. This is before yesterday's story came out mm-hmm. that he will, wa- he will invite some girls to his room and then get completely undressed and start doing his thing. Um, In an interview with the New York Times at the Toronto Film Festival, Louis C.K. said, The uncomfortable truth is you never really know someone. That's what this movie is about. You don't know anybody. Um, So, that's Well, and judging by your behavior, I don't want to. Yeah, it's it's interesting that he is compelled to make a movie about you don't really know people's sexual past or present. And it turns out he's been doing this right. sort of thing with comedians all over. Well, it reminds me of a conversation I once had with somebody. We were talking. It doesn't matter what we were talking about. It'd be a distraction. But he said to me uh, a phrase that I've used uh, in my life. He said, what are you trying so desperately to admit to me? <laughs> and evidently, Louis C.K. has been trying desperately to admit to this through his act. That he's a perv who's not in control of his urges. Hmm, do you think he knows that? or was he Oh, doing yeah. That oh, yeah. 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 In fact, there are there are quotes I've read in the last 24 hours where he said, I have urges I can't control. I'm sick. There's something wrong with me. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder, I'm out of control, I wonder, particularly self-pleasurement-wise. I wonder if he's uh, in a situation where he's happy he got caught. I don't know. As opposed to some of these people who, you know, Harvey Weinstein's whole act about... I'm a sick man. I need help. And now I'm going to get it. So anyway, you know, mm-hmm. it's possible Louis C.K. with this movie and those statements, he he's actually glad he got caught and actually 
I don't know. Who knows? You know the funny thing about uh, sexual kinks? I mean, if somebody like really, really wants to go to Paris, I don't particularly want to go to Paris, but I get it. I could see where you would enjoy that, or maybe Fiji or whatever. I don't, not much for laying on beaches, but I hear it's pretty, blah, blah, blah. But sexual kinks, you think, why in the world would anybody do that? Right. There is no appeal there. Um, I wouldn't be able to do what Louis C.K. was doing, let alone Not with that it. attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I would be horrified. Right. Right. Wait a minute. I'm going to lure professional colleagues to my room on the pretext of All the bars are closing and let's have a drink and talk about our careers. If you've seen their pictures, they're very attractive. Yeah. Then I'm going to, without asking them... Suddenly strip naked and completely begin, naked socks and all. Oh yeah, Ple- begin pleasuring myself in front of them. Just see what happens. Yes, yes, that's what I will do. Oh, hard to imagine. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that. Yeah, it's it's an amazing uh, moment in American uh, pop culture history, though, and political history for that matter. It's it's a it's a giant uh, round of who's a pervert. It feels just a little like shark attacks before September 11th. Um, uh, yeah, well, but, but uh, no, I, I don't want to say that because there are a lot of women who legitimately have really been victimized and, and jerked around by just terrible men who shouldn't get ar- away with it. And I, I'm glad, I'm glad this stuff's, you know, being, um, being discussed. Although, oh, my one caveat I mentioned earlier is I'm hearing a lot of people or at least some people Talking about fairly minor incidents of rudeness, out of linedness, even a little pervoness, and they are urging the women to be completely devastated by it. They are speaking as as if acting as if if any of this stuff happens to you as a a, a, a young woman or a woman of any age, you should be completely devastated to your core, weeping and dysfunctional. And I know a hell of a lot of women, and I have raised my girls to be a hell of a lot tougher than that. That doesn't mean that you put up with it or you think it's cool. That just means, hey, you're a sick perv, F you. And and maybe you call, uh, I'm not saying you do anything different, but don't like feel that it's important you're devastated. Because there seems to be that trend, the, the worship of victimhood, the rest of it. I know plenty of women. They're writing us emails right now talking about the time they got groped and they just slugged the guy who did it. Said, touch me again, I'll come back. And, you know, be more like those women. Don't give people power over you. So uh, we mentioned this study that came out the other day. There are a few more details here I thought they're worth mentioning. This won't take long. This is from the New York Post editorial board. I'll just read it the way they wrote it. TSA pat-downs are still useless. All those pat-downs and all that time and all those TSA lines and it remains just security theater. Transportation Security Administration screeners are still basically worthless. News out of the House Committee on Homeland Security this week is that TSA agents missed 80% of undercover testers mock knives, guns, and bombs. <laughs> 80%. No, no, surely you have it backwards. They missed 20%. Which would be horrifying with the amount of money we're spending if they missed one out of four fake knife, gun, or bomb. But no, they missed 80% of them. I wonder if they'd catch that AR-15 with a chainsaw bayonet. 
And by the way, the government uh, announced they've missed at least 80%. So as they said here, officials weren't giving the exact number, so it might even be higher. <laughs> at least 80%. But a, wow. But a similar audit two years back found a 95% failure rate. So I'm thinking there's a chance that they just wanted to make it look like there's been some improvement. Who knows what the real number is, but it's somewhere between 80 and 95. 95 was the number two years ago, which is practically all of them. That's practically all the well, fake guns, well, bombs, you gotta and believe knives. That. Right, like once out of 20 times, the guy with it like drops it and it clatters to the ground and <laughs> everybody else in the uh, line screams, A gun! A gun! A gun! Oh, yeah, I and guess they catch that one. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they've improved from utterly hopeless to mostly worthless. <laughs> the TSA announced it's taking the findings very seriously and implementing measures that will improve screening effectiveness. Shooting for a 30% success rate, maybe? We're now going to more thoroughly grope young children who are obviously uh, not terrorists and uh, older handicapped people. Right. Yes, even incompetence provides some deterrent value. It's one more worry for a prospective terrorist. And a screener's... And screeners aren't the only thing that the TSA's $7.5 billion a year budget goes for. But it's still undeniable that the main achievement of the TSA's most public activity is inflicting pointless delays and inconvenience on travelers. That's the editorial board of the New York Post. Man, if I'm in charge of airport security, I go kind of Israeli on it. And you can only do kind of Israeli because it's a very small country with like one international airport. Um, But you can pick. I'm going to go Tinder on it. Everybody comes through the line. Hey, how you doing? Based on their uh, their attitude, I swipe them right or left. Anybody who I want to see a little more. And the next guy says, where are you going? Really? That's cool. Hope you enjoy your trip. See how they act. Swipe them right or left, right or left. You go left three times, we're going up you. <laughs> we're going to see what's going on. We're going up you. It's time for real security, Jack. I'll tell you what, this is the bargain I would like to make. Until you can catch half. Of the bombs, knives, and guns that slip through. Until you get to 50%, which is not really asking that much. I don't want you yanking any more of my little kids out of line, or I don't want to see grandma with the bad hips in the wheelchair have to stand up so you can pat her down. Until you can get to 50%, you got to leave those people alone. And I would like my four corkscrews back, please. That's right, four. Because, you know, you could bash your head into the cockpit door, get yourself in there, and stick the corkscrew into the pilot's eye, and just pull his eye out, and then take over the plane. Happens all the time. Osama been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> just to steady the nerves. I'll tell you what, if if uh, some of these stories are shark attacks before 9-11, I know what the 9-11 is going to be. story that's just not getting enough attention this week. Among other things coming up. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. something inappropriate in front of a child in the hallway. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Let's not bring that up. Boy, um, am I the Louis C.K. of radio? Yeah, I regret it. No, you didn't know. I didn't know, but it was just odd. I don't do things like that. And the moment I do something like that, there's a little kid there. 
there aren't little kids here. There are never little kids, particularly at this time of the day. I'm the victim here. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, geez. Uh, I'd like to apologize to my coworker. Yeah. I just, I I made a reference to Louis C.K. very loudly from the lunchroom. I heard his voice out in the hall talking to Jack. I was talking to a dude who, uh, because kids are out of school, a lot of kids are out of school today. My kids included. He had his uh, little first grader with him, right? And Cute I, little uh, boy, and I shouted, "I'm blanking in here." If anybody wants to come and watch, <laughs> a reference to the unfortunate news about Mister CK. I can, I can, I can hear Joe. Hmm. He's right around the corner while I'm standing next to dude and his cute little boy. And Joe's yelling filth. You don't yell that sort of thing very often from the lunchroom. I almost ne- well, I I don't except work today. One might, Michael, can you go see if the little boy stopped crying? One might suggest. I'll be right back. One might suggest you shouldn't ever again. Because <laughs> you never know who's standing around the corner. I will take that uh, suggestion under advisement. Uh, that was a real Larry David sort of thing to have happen. Oh my god! <laughs> the kid is it, crying. It really was going to what? counseling. What? With Jack just standing there, so <laughs> yeah, oh, well. I didn't know there was a kid. The kid should have a bell, a kid bell. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what the big story is going to be uh, here soon, possibly. I hope not. It's kind of getting ignored because there's so many interesting things in the news. Trump, uh, a lot of sex stuff. Mm. An election the other day that's you know. Whatever reason. It's a real bellwether, Jack, a real indicator. Freaking Saudi Arabia and Iran in a stare-off. And the guy making most of the decisions, well, it's now a guy making most of the decisions in Saudi Arabia, and he's 32 years old. Mm. And he impulse buys yachts. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you've got uh, the decision-making apparatus in Iran of, is, of course, uh, the religious fundamentalist mullahs and the Revolutionary Guard. And they're in a medium-sized proxy war now. And people uh, soon to be a direct war and perhaps a giant proxy war. Yeah, the big Shia-Sunni battle that people have worried about for many, many years. It's as dicey right now as it has been practically ever. Yeah, yeah. And we've had our various experts we talked to say, oh, it's already on. Yeah, what do you think's happening in Syria and Iraq and, and the rest of it? Um, but now it's spreading. It's spreading. Well, at the point where they, it's not a proxy war. It's just Saudi Arabia and their military, which is all our best stuff, mm-hmm. going after Iran, which is all of Russia's best stuff. Uh, so that, that'd be uh, super ugly. Super duper ugly. At least Saudi Arabia can count on Saddam Hussein to back them against Iran. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Now, uh, Iraq is a Iranian Shia client state. What do you have, a Bush lied bumper sticker on your car? I mean, what's your deal? <laughs> Oh, the the law of unforeseen consequences. I tell you what, hard to believe they're slaughtering each other, slaughtering each other over what's essentially a Lutherans versus Catholics thing in the yeah. Middle East. Yeah. And God help you if you're a Presbyterian, like your various uh, groups that were the Yazidis, for instance, or, or what have you. You, please, both sides can't wait to rape you and kill you. It's nice, nice. Nice nice job of being a human, Middle East. You're not good at it. 
God dang it. We need less xenophilia in this country. Well, oh, we've got to respect the Muslim world and blah, blah, blah. And more calling it like it is. Y'all are slaughtering each other like it's the year 1100. Stop it. God, get a job. Build a city. Have an economy. Wave to your neighbors regardless of what they think of your particular brand of religion. Act like humans. Sorry. Keeping our eye on that one, though, so just to, you know, have that one in your background. While you're listening to Christmas music this weekend and drinking gingerbread frappuccinos. Which are the equivalent of seven McDonald's chocolate donuts. If you get the grande, if you get the venti, which you're going to do if you're a Am I? sort of person who drinks those things. They, yeah. It seems like everybody does. Whenever I'm in line getting just a cup of coffee and they look at me like, you want and? No, I just want a cup of coffee. What? Okay, we have some, I think, somewhere. Often they'll say, we don't have any. I can make some for you. Wow. <laughs> I'm wow. at a coffee shop. It's a milkshake shop. Yeah. Well, I'll be damned. Wish I'd have thought of it. I'll be darned. Uh, where do we want to go? What time Home? is it? Yeah, yeah, me too, but what are you going to do? Yeah, my kids are out of school, so. So, listen, this is, um, well, some might suggest it's hypocrisy. I, I respectfully disagree. We were talking about the cruelty of the Internet uh, earlier and the effect it has on people, particularly our young people. And, and how Facebook knew that. Right, exactly, and how we need to battle that with everything we have as a society. Um, well, here's me enjoying some Internet cruelty. Bill Nye, the science guy, didn't ask me anything on Reddit. The headline is, holy S, he's getting destroyed. Bill Nye, who lately has been a progressive activist. Around climate change, mostly? Yeah, climate change, although now he's doing a march in the women's march. and oh, the, okay. the march for science, which was essentially a march for progressivism and all, which is fine. You get to march. It's America. Um, but so he decides to do, me, uh, do an ask me anything, and he just got moitered. And I'd like to tell you about it. But this website keeps resetting to halfway down the page, so, and and I can't read it. So are you saying people would hit him with science questions and he didn't know the answer? Oh, Was no, that no, no. Um, here, wait a second. I got a written version of it here somewhere. Nope. No, I don't. F-U, Internet. I have a great uh, way you can... St- Hi, Bill. Uh, he asked uh, something about uh, the, the science. I have a great way you can start. Stop pretending you're a scientist. You have no formal science education beyond a bachelor's in mechanical engineering from Cornell. That's it. Not even a master's degree, let alone a doctorate. You literally have no formal science education or experience beyond an undergrad degree in mechanical engineering you obtained in the 70s. The truth is the whole science guy persona emerged out of a stand-up comedy routine you used to perform on local local public public access TV back in the 80s. Want evidence? Here you go. And there are five, four links to him doing his stand-up scientist comedy act. I think I remember that. Remember seeing that. You've spent years parading around in a lab coat, even after your Disney series ended, parading around in a way which makes most people, particularly children, think you're qualified to speak on matters you have no formal experience, education, or training on. For all intents and purposes, you're a talented actor, comedian, with an opinion. And that's it. Is that true? Want some peer review? Here you go. (laughs) Is that true? (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Well, good for him for uh, coming up with this, I'll be a, a kid scientist on TV. And to wear a lab coat, and uh, and it was fine, right? Before he, before he started getting into all the politics. So if you, yeah, if you're going to do you know, simple experiments for kids on TV, you don't probably need any particular scientific background to pull that off and do a 
charming television show. But if you're going to really weigh into the climate change debate as a scientist, it'd probably help if you're actually a scientist. Otherwise, you're just me. Right. And um, and listen. And nobody wants that. If If you are a guy who has an enthusiasm for science and an ability to teach it in a way that captures people, I don't care if you have a master's no. or a Ph.D. or anything like that. Um, but, you know, he he is coming off rather high-handed for a comedian who used to do a scientist routine. Um, let's see. All right. There. Okay. All right. God, dang it's it, been the internet, impossible. The Internet is brutal, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <sighs> How do I, I got to make sure I don't ever run afoul of the Internet somehow. Yeah, How do you avoid we're, that? we're on the uh, the ragged edge at times. Yeah. I'm trying to find a version I can read. Um, Bill Nye murdered in AMA, ripping the science guy. Uh, that's too hard to... Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, there were more questions lashing out at Bill Nye for his unscientific stances and partisan activism than actual science questions. Yeah. Well, once you get into partisan politics, you open yourself up to that sort of scrutiny. I mean, nobody was going to beat him up when he was just doing science experiments for kids. Most likely. Right. Right. It's just, it is funny to know he's just a comedian with an act, but, you know, yeah, what the hell? Which is fine. It's yeah. like if Larry the Cable Guy was actually trying to install cable. <laughs> or he's really getting into the, the current telecommunications merger between Time Warner and whatever. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> You know, I'm more than willing to hear James Carville talk about politics, for instance. I don't think he has a Ph.D. in political science. Sure. So that was a little snooty. But as long as you you are making pronouncements about science and how everybody disagrees with you and is an idiot, eh, you probably have some idea what you're talking about. (laughs) What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Republican Senate nominee Roy Moore turning sex charges against him into a fundraising pitch. we got the latest on that. We had a California University professor fined thousands of dollars for free speech violations. Ah. And you know, you can rent furniture, you can rent cars, so many things, and now you can rent a friend. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Giddy. Wow, that's not at all pathetic. I'll stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned to be judged. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. every day i didn't learn something i can say on the air but i learned something <laughs> really okay uh let's get the news now marshall phillips well republican senate nominee roy moore is reportedly using a story about him in the washington post as part of his latest fundraising pitch in an email sent out to his supporters the former alabama chief justice said the story accusing him of initiating a sexual encounter with a 14 year old girl when he was 32 is a vicious attack from the liberal media lapdogs. He then asked recipients to donate to his campaign to let him know that they have his back as he fights the Obama-Clinton machine. You know, a lot of people, we've already heard from folks who are immediately know with certainty whether the charges are true or not, based entirely on their political leanings. I, uh, I, I would suggest maybe don't live your life like that. <laughs> maybe uh, figure out whether the guy's a perv or not before you jump on his side or against him. Don't condemn him until we've had a chance to take a look. 
Now, what it's a- the number of women that makes me think it's yeah. likely true. If it were one, uh, less likely. Although yeah. her story, uh, I don't know, something about the way she laid it out, it just sounded fairly believable to me. Well, but. and she's a Trump voter, too. And it'd be odd that she would, for political reasons, go against yeah. uh, more. Of course, she says she's a Trump voter. I don't know. Now, one of Moore's supporters is uh, Breitbart editor Steve Bannon, and he says, get real. He insists the stories are not going to matter to Alabama voters. They don't care about this. They don't care about locker room talk. They care about their country, right? Wait, sticking your hand between a 14-year-old girl's legs and trying to grab her genitals is not locker room talk. I've been in plenty of locker rooms. Wow. That was an interesting attempt to spin. Wow, wow, Steve. That was the same playbook they ran with the Billy Bush thing, though, right? Yeah, but but that was locker room (laughs) talk. You could say that. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I'm not sure the, yeah, sure, he exchanged phone numbers with a 14-year-old, then went over to her house and tried to have sex with her. Uh, it's locker room talk. You know, what we, you know what we need to do is announce a one-week bipartisan perv amnesty. Listen, if you're a pervert, however you swing politically, maybe you're in the arts, maybe you're an, uh, a CEO of a company, whatever, we'll give you one week to confess all of your sins, then to go away quietly. But then starting a week from Monday... We're going to get back to out and ruining your careers because it seems like it, now that it's now that it's the thing. What's next? We uh, have we had any good perv athletes exposed lately? And, and I don't uh, think so. I don't, perv politicians, yeah. absolutely, yeah. and the actors and then the CEOs and the rest of it. Story gaining some national tractions about radio guys. The guy who groped uh, Taylor Swift. That was part of all this, right? Right. Right. Fresno State University professor is going to shell out thousands of dollars after he erased students' anti-abortion chalk messages on campus. Greg Thatcher is going to have to pay $17,000 and undergo First Amendment training for that incident. Oh, First Amendment training. Why do we I go... I love this. I love it. You shut up. Why do what... we go through these charades of people didn't know sexual harassment training because you didn't know you weren't supposed to do that? Tra- we, the training that we undergo on a, taking bribes because you, you didn't know without the proper training. Mm-hmm. Well, this one I disagree because we saw the other day that 40%, 42% of Americans think, you know, if you support the free speech rights of uh, a racist, you are a racist, mm, right. which is incredibly stupid. So where was this, Marsh? This Fresno. is uh, Fresno, Fresno State. Professor, wow, way to go, Fresno State. This is a pr- professor of public health. He got sued back in May by a couple of students after he was captured on video scrubbing out the messages and demanding other students do the same. That's wow, so what an a-hole. Thatcher claimed the messages weren't in Fresno State's designated free speech area, so he felt free to erase them. Yeah, we have a designated free speech area. It starts at the Atlantic and ends at the Pacific plus Hawaii in Alaska. You know, you can rent rent cars, you can rent furniture, and in Japan now, you can even rent a friend. A Japanese actor is rentable as a friend, a husband, father, or even a mourner at a funeral. Hey, wait a minute. (laughs) Could you get any weirder, Japan? Yeah, keep trying. I've found my new side business. (laughs) Maybe my rented friend can bring my $15,000 sex doll to my place. Would you do that, rented buddy? <laughs> the Atlantic.com's reporting. On oh, be sure to stop at the panty machine. Seriously, the Japan. Take a look at yourself. The eight-year-old company called Family Romance provides professional actors to fill any role in the personal lives of clients. Demand, I could do that. Demand is so great 
They've now built up a staff of 800 actors. The owner of the company says demand for rent of persons is increasing all the time. And he says part of it is being fueled because more people want to appear popular on social media with good-looking yeah. friends. Yeah, right. And humanity's run is over. Welcome back, dinosaurs. I got to tell you, though, companies now in other countries are thinking about setting up their own rent-a-friend services. Oh, man, I could do the funerals all day long. Oh, John! How could you die so middle-aged? <laughs> You'll be missed at the ballpark. <laughs> I have some notes written on my arm. Right. Are there any late fees that are charged? Like if you keep the person for a really long time? Hilarious. That's right. No, but you have to rewind them before you return it. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Okay, I got to hit you with this text. This is either appropriate or not. I was once assaulted by Bill Nye when he blocked the door to our hotel room and lectured me with incorrect science until he finished. <laughs> Hilarious, my friend. That's making light of something. Well played. Stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. have not been any hearings. They're going to try to mark this thing up, get it passed in the House, get it passed in the Senate. And you know why? Because they do not want the American people to know what is in it. The average tax bill will go up by $27. $27. Yeah, you got to get throatier. I can't do it. I can't do my burn. $27. Dollars. $27. <laughs> That's beautiful. I was initially excited. I thought there was going to be a tax cut. I thought there was going to be tax reform, something we've been howling for for 20 years. Tens of thousands of pages, hundreds of thousands of pages of rulings on the unspeakably, obscenely complex U.S. tax code. And they start talking about tax reform. Turns out they're going to dabble around the edges, and a lot of people are going to see a tax increase, including people in the middle class in some of the more expensive areas of the country, like the Bay Area or, or Portland or San Diego or L.A., whatever. Um, middle class people are going to see a tax increase. Upper middle class if you live other other places. And um, the House and Senate are divided. It's not clear what bill we're going to get anyway. And the more I look at it, the more milk toasty and weak it seems. Plus, a lot of people in blue states are going to get a tax increase. And they're not doing any any serious budget cutting or, 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 or you know, reducing of the complexity of the tax code. They're reducing some of it. I don't want to be overly negative, but... Well, the, 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 you know, the House wants three uh, brackets. Senate wants to keep it at seven. So there you go. There's your giant reform. Make it simpler. Still seven brackets. Okay. This is typical. Got this email. My wife and I are middle class, have two children, one in grade school, one in college. We have busted our behinds to get where we are and continue to do so. They're doing okay now after years of, you know, working their way there. That said, the proposed federal cuts uh, for my family would result in a loss of itemized deductions to taxable income that I estimate to be around $20,000. And this is a, a professional in this field. 
Uh, loss of exemptions, any reduction to deductible mortgage interest. So this is 20000 more of our income that will be taxed. Assuming the 13% rate, we'll pay an additional $2,600 in federal tax at least. Blah, 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 blah. I would imagine millions of other Californians that reside in liberal and conservative congressional districts are in the same, same situation. I can't imagine any of our elected federal representatives would vote for this crap. Um, yeah, I would agree. It's God, it's so discouraging. You want discouraging? I mean, there are so many tax plans out there that are good. They're solid. They work. They're smart. But the lobbyists and the and the swamp will never allow them to happen. I sure would like one that doesn't involve paperwork. Uh, some sort of uh, consumption tax, national sales tax, whatever yeah. it is, where it's just... It just gets taken care of in the in the living of life. That's right. So drug dealers and prostitutes and, and whomever else, if you buy a yacht, you pay the tax. So or no con- matter where you got your money. Or the connected or not connected. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. You can lobby your congressman all day long. You're still going to pay your tax. And listen, I realize there are there are pitfalls. There are downsides to like a value-added tax. I've read plenty about it. I'm not going to bore you. But if you're smart, you can you can design it to avoid those pitfalls. To whatever extent human beings are capable of perfecting something, you can make it pretty pretty damn good. But it's guaranteed better than the 77,000 pages of the UX, U.S. tax code and the hundreds of thousands of pages of right. interpretation of tax there law. There are pitfalls. See, that's the problem. So if you come up with a tax plan, unless it's got zero pitfalls and, and, there, and, and everybody's going to pay less, right. we're not going to change from the current system that... Everybody hates, except for the top tenth of a percent. Right. Everybody else hates the current system, and you can't change it, because when you're presented with anything that might have any drawback whatsoever, right. you reject it. Exactly. I, it's just very frustrating. Yeah. And uh, Democracies um, can't possibly work. Well, that kind of fits into this, which if I, like I said, do you want to be discouraged? Yeah, sure. No. On a Friday morning? No, you're asking me. the holidays in? I'd sure like to be discouraged. But you wonder, <laughs> you, you wonder... Why everything's so expensive or so many good things are going away because of liability and all this stuff. We always talk about juries. Here's one of those examples. A guy was getting watermelons at Walmart, and they had them on a pallet, which Walmart says they have done all over the country forever, and they're actually going to continue to do it. Watermelons show up to their store on a pallet. This guy, for whatever reason, decided to stand on the pallet to get his watermelon. He's effed. It's his fault. He put his foot in between the slats, fell over, broke his ankle, and the jury decided because he did that, he should get seven and a half million dollars. Oh my God! That's what the jury decided. Wow! Seven and a half million dollars because this fifty-nine-year-old stood up on the pallet. His foot <sighs> went between the slats. Hey y'all, watch this! He fell over and hurt his and, and hurt his ankle. He can no longer play basketball three times a week like he used to do. They told the jury, "Whose effing fault is that?" And the jury decided he should get seven and a half million dollars. We don't need juries. We need a national vote. It'd be like eighty-five to fifteen if we were to take a national vote. Can you that that just oh, oh my of, god of whether or not it was your own fault? Oh yeah, absolutely. People right. just say, "Well, I don't don't stand on the melons." Next case, yeah. Or if Take you do, that long. if you're going to walk in the pallet, be careful. If you're not careful, that sucks for you. Listen, I understand there's a lunch for the jurors, so we'll pretend to deliberate and eat our lunch, but we'll be back soon. Don't worry. Hey, hey lawyers, hang around the courtroom. This isn't going to take long. I would actually like to know the answer to that question. So if you presented it fairly, not the way we just presented it, but, you know, with some of the stuff from the uh, the prosecution side uh, in there. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder what the how the country would react. I think the vast majority of people would say, be more careful. Or sometimes things happen. 
But there'd be a lot of people in a lot of neighborhoods who feel like if anything bad happens to you, you should get something. I'm hoping that's not the majority. But for juries, it's the majority. Seven and a half million dollars. Where do I, where can I break my ankle at Walmart for seven and a half million dollars? I don't yeah, no think kidding. I could take it. I don't think I could stand to take the money. I've broken several bones for free, which just makes me a sucker. <laughs> what was I thinking? That's yeah. just, I find that so discouraging. Yeah, it's it's, it's these uh, the plaintiffs' attorneys look look very very hard for takers. They're makers in society and takers, and they want a jury full of takers. People who make excuses, they claim victimhood, they want people to give them something, and then you made this big corporation, they have a pallet of watermelons with no warnings about climbing on them. Well, and these dangerously placed slats. Hey, slats, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> how dare they? Walmart should have covered the pallet so it could not entangle a shopper's foot. Sure. Walmart says we've always displayed watermelons this way. We're going to continue to display them this way. That's the way they show up. Yeah, no kidding. Send Gallagher in there. <laughs> That's Little just, justice. That is just that just makes me sad for yeah, the I day. Know. I know. You know, I got to find a new species to root for because I don't like my own. <laughs> Maybe those big turtles. I love those big turtles. <laughs> I'm going to start rooting for them because Homo sapiens, you've let me down for the last time. Do we have an update in the weirdo who tried to kill Rand Paul? Yeah, I guess so. Among other things. Yep. Hey, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.